You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. This is episode 34 of your favorite podcast and mine, the Keith Primo Cup Champion. Angelo, I would ask you, every week I ask you, how are you doing? But I know how you're doing. So, Angelo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I've moneyed for uh, two times in the past three years, so I've got to be happy. The, but I'm also sad because we're done. Yeah. It is, so I'm doing really a, well, but I'm also kind of kind of bummed out um, that you know we, we have to wait till next September to get things going. You and I will try to make things interesting with some podcasts in between, but yep. nothing compared try to, to, to try, competing that's in right. the loop. We'll try to uh, tide people over for a little bit, and then when we uh, go on hiatus... Uh, the show goes on hiatus for a little bit, and then we pick it back up again just before draft time. So uh, that's that. So, but anyways, folks, we got an amazing show for today. Uh, Angela, run down the list of uh, what's uh, what's on tap. So it's all League of Ordinary Gentlemen stuff today. Let's walk us through that last twenty-four hours, and, and really the last two or three hours of the pool. Yeah, and how insane that was. Uh, we'll start the show off talking about that a little bit. Uh, we're not going to do winners and losers. We're just going to do losers this week because yeah. we already know the winners. That's right. And then let's break down what Blair did uh, to win this thing and then what some other managers did to contend but where they missed out as well. That's a good call. All right. So let's uh, let's start it off here. Let's start off with uh, this photo finish. I mean, I know I was... Were you tracking it? I was... I was... Oh, I, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I was completely out of it But I, uh, in terms of, of being in the pool. You know, but then I'm sitting on the couch. You know, I have the the fantasy cast thing going. I see things happening, like the changes that were 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 insane. I didn't bother texting you. I didn't bother texting Blair just because I kind of wanted to let you guys stew a little bit on this. But I can just imagine the conversations that were happening between the two of you because it was it was incredible. And if you talk about a photo finish, yeah, there's a three two point differential, two point point differential between uh, first and second. But it was a lot closer than that uh, through that whole night. What do you think? What are you thinking? Well, it wasn't a two point. So it was two point five at the end. But that two point five disappeared on yeah. one goal. Like it was, it was so crazy. So Blair and I were texting um, throughout the night. He wanted to know why Kucherov, uh, his game winner in the afternoon, hadn't been posted yet because that was making a difference in the standings. So I had to reassure him that that would happen. That ESPN sometimes just it just populates overnight or something. Um, and he was tied with Gibb at 53 game winners at that yeah. point, so that was going to make a difference. And he, it seemed he at one point he was up by four, and then I scored a goal, and then I went up by one on him. And so I saw that happen, and I'm just like, oh man. So what was the conversation like? So I'm, I see you pulling up some texts here. I'm so, trying so to find. So walk yeah. me through, walk me through. At least you're thinking. We don't have Blair uh, with us yet, but like walk me through your thinking as to this photo finish and what you were experiencing and and uh as as you uh you bounced over him and fell back during the night okay so firstly we, uh, we've texted blair to see if he can call in i i'm not sure it's going to work because of um you know he's working right now but uh, if he's on a break maybe we'll get him maybe we'll get him uh, but so i guess in absence of blair i'm going to read you just a few texts that perfect happened. all right so 
Uh, we'll start here. Uh, Blair texted me. This was um, what, in, in what the late time? afternoon. Late afternoon, okay. Uh, I enjoyed how you said two weeks ago, based on categories, there was no way to catch up. Three days later, you're at 123. I never bought your crap. So I wrote back, haha, I'm a compulsive liar in this pool. And That's then, true, folks. And then we went silent. Yeah. And then at 9.40 p.m. On Saturday. He texts me, WTF just happened, and I swore back, holy crap. And he said, seriously, what happened? You tied me in goals. Where did you get the other three points? So I vaulted over him because yeah. it was plus four. So at 940, this had happened. So then we're breaking down. So Forsberg scored a goal. So as I scored a goal, I jumped. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois got a game-winning goal. Um, then he's asking where Kucherov's goal went. And I'm saying that Bishop needs to be scored on. So it's back and forth. But it's us more in awe of the fact that this lead change is happening. Uh, so much. Uh, and, and basically that was our whole night until about 10.30 or 11 and then we wished each other luck and yeah. woke up the next morning. I knew that I wasn't going to win at 10 o'clock because uh, Mark Stone was sitting that night and basically I would have needed Drew Doughty to score two goals for me to win it. So I knew going to bed I was probably going to finish second. I was totally happy with it. I just loved the fact that it came down to the final hours. And again. we're going to get into a little bit more details. I got a couple more questions for you, but we're going to we're going to save that for a little bit later in terms of kind of what went wrong uh, with 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 uh, uh, with your your coming in second here. I mean, it's, it's not coming in second. It's not wrong, right? You're still moneyed. You're still you're, you're still uh, in the top three. It's amazing amazing season for you, especially given that you know at the All Star break you were you were a bit far behind, right? So the, the the fact that the the type of run that you have made is epic. But there were, I would say, some key uh, errors uh, over the last day, the final day that we'll get to. Uh, it's, and I it's wanna... even actually not even the final day. Yes, there is one key error that we are going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll shortly. talk about that for the, sure. The big reveal of what uh, what ended up vaulting me uh, out of first yeah. and down to second place. Yeah. And but the other race that we're not really talking about is. Uh, there was an equally exciting race for third, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and we had Doug and Nick kind of vying back and forth in the days leading up. But this one, Doug actually pushed ahead early on in the evening, and it That's looked right. like Nick was going to have trouble uh, to catch him. But that was, that was not decided as well until the final day. So all of our money positions were not decided until the last day. And I would love every single year if we could do this. Yeah, this, it's amazing because I, mem I remember, uh, you know, this is one, I will admit, I got this wrong because I said Heisenberg was going to win. You're number two. I said Nick was, was three and Bowlby was, was four. So I had this flipped here. Uh, and I know you said Gibby was going to jump up to, to third. It didn't happen. I lied. I Can I tell you now? <laughs> I, I figured, I didn't want... Well, Doug, uh, the curse. Th there are so many curses. Yeah. So, anyways, and he I gets did not, angry. I did not want to curse Doug. That's so right. I was very much. If you listen to that last podcast where yeah. I tried to change my mind, yeah, and then I stopped myself, yeah, that was because I figured Doug was going to finish third. Yeah. But I didn't want to curse him, so that's why I held back. Now that said, he has won money uh, two years in a row. The curse is fully in effect starting in September. Yeah. Before well, it has, Mr. Bowlby, it, it has the curse to, is back. It has to be. Um, but getting back to getting back to no, those, that, you can't go there yet because there's another curse that you don't know of. Oh, what is that? Uh, I don't know of the second. Yeah, it, Doug, I, all I know is the, the 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 podcast curse. Do you know that there's an Aiden Helmer curse now? I know. Doug received a text from Aiden in mid March that said, "I guess it's between you and I now for the win," and so Aiden cursed the both of them in mid March. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's so many layers so of curses in, in mid March. In this pool. Aiden had. Put it in writing that he's winning that. 
Yeah, or, 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 or at least coming second, or at least coming second. It's up to those two. So they, wow, uh, that was a self curse, which self -curse. doesn't usually happen. No, but then that was a, a secondary curse on both. There's some team. bad voodoo going on in this pool, man. We need some dolls. Yeah, that's right. But coming back to it, so there's two. This is amazing. But coming back to stuff that you learn through this, right? It, this is a very you know informative yep. podcast. But coming back to the, the standings, there, that's the one I kind of got wrong, and and uh, I thought Nick was going to secure third, and we'll come back to to some of the reasons as to why he fell out of that that position as well right just shy of of, of of some some cash so yeah so I guess in summary uh, two years in a row we've had epic finishes yeah and and I think everyone in the pool even those who didn't money would wish for that epic finish at the end because yeah. once you know you're out it's really exciting to actually watch who is in and I will never forget last year watching and thinking Bowlby had it wrapped up and then Mr. Jamie Ben yeah. came through in a late game to win it for uh, for Hennessy Williams. So let's hope this happens again next year with new people. We always want new people winning money. So hopefully there's two new guys vying for the top. Yeah, and, and that's the exciting piece is everybody gets to share in some success uh, except for Mike and myself. True. This is true. Yeah. And on that note, let's flip to the losers. Okay. Which basically are Mike and, and, and myself. So we know our winners, Heisenberg, myself, and, and Doug. There's no point in, in going through how much we gained in the loss in the last week. Yeah. And uh, our loser, starting at number 12, is uh, the new guy, uh, Michael Hughes. The white Flame. 35.5 points, a, uh, a typical expansion franchise finishing in yeah. 12th place with not a lot of points. But he, 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 he moved up a point from, the, from week 26, right? So that's so, a win, So I that's guess. a win in his, in his books. And that's not the lowest somebody's ever finished, is it? When, no, no. So. But when, when did you kind of get a sense that Mike was going to tank down to the bottom? Um, I, I, good question on that one. I would say I, I, I didn't call it at the beginning because remember he was he was in eighth at something at, at one point or seventh and like he was having. A, you remember when he called in? And he said you were no longer his competition. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I miss those chats. But I'll tell you, uh, I, it, it was probably. Little did we know actually you guys were a competition. Just yeah, well, this is in a different way in terms of him finishing dead last. I don't know that maybe what maybe like in February that this is pretty much like. Uh, all-star breakish February piece like it's 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 done for him he's going to finish last I I had a bad feeling early on with him uh, because it is a hard pool to understand at first he left money on the table at the draft uh, so that's never a good sign but also his trades um, his trades and his drops yeah. he wasn't giving his players time uh, you know one of the things you learn or you have to learn in this pool is you have to have a level of patience yeah imagine had Blair traded Kucherov who was in an earlier, very early on, Slump. we called Kucherov as a huge disappointment for the year. Yep. And then he goes on to score the most goals ever for a Russian-born player. So yep. if you don't, if you are dropping players or trading them when they are in their valley consistently, yep. that's one key learning. You can't do that or um, you're not going to finish well, you're always, in the top you're, third of you're the You're always selling, you're selling low. And then you're always buying, buying high, right? Because you're always chasing after something. And he'll learn that. Um, and to have a bit of patience. The other side to that, though, is what I think. So I said without sorry. To come back to your original question. That, so that was a bit of a red flag for me. But still, I like the fact that he was he was so active in the pool for Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Yeah. But but to be honest with you, I didn't see it at that point as as sinking him because he was still floating in and around, you know, seventh to ninth kind of thing. I didn't think he would end dead last because of that. Um, but again, I guess that goes to show you how much I know. Uh, he he will learn from that. But I don't see. This is the best part of having Mike in the pool. I don't. Uh, I don't see him as being really a super patient manager. 
I think he loves doing doing the deal, loves playing the FA wire, and I think he'll learn a little bit from this past season, but I don't see him as being uh, an incredibly patient guy. No, and because of that, I see him as a 24-month project. I don't I see him as yeah. someone who's going to money next year, but I think he will be a mid-manager somewhere, five, six, seven. I think is where he will finish. Yeah. Uh, and then he's going to build the assets to contend. I think it took PMF three years to money. Yeah. And I'm going to say that's the same for for uh, Mr. Mike Hughes. Okay, our, our next guy, our second biggest loser for the year is um, Zoltok and yeah. Robka. Yeah. Yeah, ending with forty-three. I mean, this one's this one's not 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 uh, that much of a surprise because uh, he's been down there all season, eh? Yeah, but what is a surprise is he had a really good lineup going in. He did. His team reminded me a lot of uh, Heisenberg's the year before, where on paper it was one of the strongest uh, teams heading into the finals, and it ended up being uh, well the second weakest. And he's traded away Ovechkin, he traded away Barkov, but. Um, you know, he had such a good – he had Kachuk going in. Uh, he got Skinner early on. Yeah, he, he yeah. had Dubnik in net. He had uh, Braden Holtby. Um, so if you go to the draft recap, um, you'll see that his his squad was a lot better than an 11th place squad. Um, so uh, just some years, it just doesn't work out. So uh, Dubnik, Kachuk, Holtby, Ovechkin, uh, Gosbeer should have been good. Yeah. Barkov was yeah. a superstar. Yeah. Ricard Raquel was Raquel supposed to be the number be... one guy in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a really good yeah. hockey team to start. Bjorkstrand. Uh, talk about him in a moment. Um, so, anyways, it didn't work out for him, but this is two years in a row where he's finished 11th. Yeah. He's got to be frustrated, and yep. I think next year he just has to go for it. I think so, and 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 I think you're going to see see uh, a, a different Zoltak uh, next next year, and 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 one that that uh, uh, is it goes right out of the gates, and, and perhaps even some pre-draft deals happening, and in, in order to better a situation. But uh, that lots of food for thought for him two over things, these past seasons, right? Two things that I think Zoltok needs to do. He needs to have a different draft strategy because he always goes in with a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and that hasn't worked for him. And the second thing is he has to be more aggressive on the trade front. He waits a long time to do trades. Yeah. So I would say if he is a bit more aggressive on the trade front and uh, maybe goes in with – maybe he trades for a more expensive keeper to have – uh, yeah, yeah, and that's what I was going to talk about. I don't know. We'll talk about our keepers, keepers next yeah. week. But. Yeah, and I want to, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that conversation for next week because that could be part of a larger strategy when uh, when we uh, dive a little bit more deeper into prelim preliminary keepers uh, for Robin. So, anyways, tough season again um, uh, for him, but uh, I think you're going to see a different team next year. I'm pretty positive on that on that front. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get into um, you, Mr. Consistent, finishing at tenth place. You actually had a good year the year before. You were top six. Yeah, sure. I think I think so. I think I was in top top uh, uh, top six. But th yeah, this one is this one's uh, an incredibly disappointing uh, season. Uh, so I dropped another seven and a half points. <laughs> Well, like how in the last week, in the last week, uh, it it I I was I I wasn't uh, super engaged in 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 the sense I was still monitoring my team, playing my team, but I wasn't at, after the point where I was really you know hovering in the ninth and the tenth kind of places that I wasn't going to do the FA wire piece that much more. There wasn't much more I could do to pull me out of that. Um, my biggest concern here was that I was going to be uh, pushed out of tenth, even to eleventh, and 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 Zoltak was coming pretty hard on me on that one. But that being said, um, is this a shocker? No, you look historically. But it is a shocker for me. Um, like I know we like to make fun and and tenth place. I'm a horrible place. fantasy hockey player. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> or manager, You're, manager, I should say. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ridiculously bad. But again, okay. So look at, let's look at your squad. You go in and you've got Jonathan Quick. Should have been a top ten goalie. Yeah. Right. Uh, Victor Hedman, who is a top five defenseman. Miko Rantanen, who ended up being next to Nikita Kucherov, the best right winger in the game. Yeah. And Roman Yossi, who's a top five defenseman. So that's your keepers. And then you out of the gate, you pick up Crosby, you pick up Giroux, you pick up Voracek. Um, these are all, and you get Jeff Skinner, which you dropped early. That was, that that was, was a big a, mistake. That was a killer on me. But again, if you go in with that, and sure, you had Kaler, Yamamoto, who cares about him? But we all have two or three players at the draft that we can get rid of, and yep. we're not too worried about. Um, but you had a, another a, a team that was good on paper. I thought you made good trades. I tried uh, to. Overall throughout the year. Um, but it just didn't connect for you uh, for whatever reason. And I know you traded McDavid. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you weren't winning the pool, and you got Braden Point for yeah. ten bucks. So who wouldn't make that deal? So, so coming in, coming into to to this season, my goal again was to be, be aggressive at the draft, uh, secure as be- best players obviously as I can, and spend lots of cash. Uh, and I had it to spend. But uh, I think what what sunk me very early on to be, uh, and this is if we come back to a, a, a turning point, a TSN turning point in my season, is when I ran out of patience for Skinner. Uh, and then that set a panic for me because I dropped uh, I dropped him and he was picked up, um, and uh, that set a panic in for me when I started to see him perform really well for Warm, and uh, I, I, I I'm a mixed player right I, I will I will be patient for so long and then I'm like okay I have to get somebody in this position and I think that's what kind of sunk my season other than the, and and the fact that I left games on the table in terms of Max as well I left games on. It was not um, not not one of my finest seasons for sure. I know I, you did a lot of trades. I don't recall all of them, um, and they didn't pan out. No. Just looking at where you finished, uh, the one trade though that I'm trying to recall is how did you pick up McDavid? Because to me that was a power move, but I don't remember who. Oh you, mercy! So you traded the uh, with um, with Warm on that, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember uh, what the trade was. But that was an early one that I thought was. Uh, one that would pan out for you. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. So, do you remember who you traded? No. I'm gonna have to go back here. Yeah. So, well, you know, let's let's explore that. And while we do, um, I know Warm didn't finish bottom three, but there's another guy who was contending um, right from the get go. Yeah. And his moves did not pan out uh, for him either. Um, so, what do you think happened to Warm's team? Well, if I look at if I look at warm here as well is is I I still honestly think what happened what would happen with warm is is uh, the game the games the max games pieces and and he he tried to to recover a little bit but I mean he was he was pretty tapping out here at at, at almost at Christmas time and Christmas break yeah. Um, so I'm looking I'm, in terms of his team. I think that was a big factor for Warm uh, coming into coming into uh, the final push, and that he was never going to push in out of the money. He was trying to hang on desperately to money earlier on, but it just wasn't happening for him. Okay, so let's go back. This is where I think your season may have uh, changed and not for the better. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? That's a good trade. So Bufflin, McDavid, and Pedersen for Hedman, Giroux, Hellebuck. Yeah. I'm doing that deal. Yeah. I'm still doing that deal. Bufflin, the problem is what killed me on that one is Bufflin just basically, he, from that trade on, I didn't play him. 
so I got no value out of him. He was basically injured for the rest of that time, and that, that was on December 15th. And like, I got a couple of games out of him, to be honest with you, and then he's had, like, a horrible season. Pedersen, Pedersen did well, and I and I flipped him again, right? Yeah. And to get to, for, for, um, for a better value, I think. But at, at the end of the day, I'm thinking, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go back on on my trades. I, I love I love my trades. Uh, I got Landis Cobb because I traded Pedersen. Um, you know I got Subban as well. Um, you know then that's the, that was in our three way deal, yeah, right? So, but, so we'll go through. Yeah. You know we'll go through keepers because I think you know we've all gathered some assets throughout this year. Very quickly because we, we you know this is our last official podcast of this season. Um, I would say a mistake Hennessy made, in my opinion, was he was not aggressive on the trade front. He should have recognized early. Should have recognized yeah. early that his team was not performing, and I would have shipped out Jamie Ben right away to get something uh, in return. So for so him, I would say this is the fine balance, though, and I think you're right. Is this, is is how aggressive do you play? And I think this is if we see our consistent, um, consistently successful managers, and I think you're one of them. I, th- I you know I think Aiden is one of them. Um, I think I think Warm is one too. I, I think the fact is, I, I, I think where he fell down is is that level of patience mixed with something's got to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like you, there is such a fine balance between this, uh, these two poles, these two tensions, as push and, these push and pull factors. That, that in a season for a manager, it's just like okay, when when do you cut loose and when do you move on? Yeah, and I think you yeah. see that. I honestly think you see that in Hennessy season as well. Yep. And now let's let's talk about uh, just a couple guys quickly. So PMF, uh, we've already talked about him. He needed to make more deals. He's he's still yeah. pat. He wasn't involved enough in on the trade front. And I he, at some at one point he was contending. Yeah. Um, and he, he just wasn't aggressive enough for Gump. I thought he made some good trades and and his team just didn't click in the last month. But he had picked up some really good assets, and we believed at one point he was up around the hundred mark. He was making that push. Uh, and, and, and and for me that's the flat. yeah and that's the biggest surprise to, if I if, if I was to grab like one biggest shocker of the season um, uh, Gump in eighth is 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 up there he's either number one or number two yep I mean for for him to finish in eighth is is like wow is I, I'm I'm kind of shocked as as to that because he was making such a push uh, he did some deals he was he was he was doing what he needed to do but it didn't happen. Okay, so that's um, that's kind of a summary of what happened this year. Let's uh, now talk about our number one, two, three, four, and five managers. Sure, absolutely. Okay. One, two, Okay, here we are for the highlight of the podcast. The main feature: what what went right and what went wrong for our top 
So five how do you managers. want to do this? Do we want to start uh, with the notorious GIBB and then work our way well, up? I think or do we need to. to yeah, I think we need to start with him because you know what? This was really, in, in some way, in so many ways, this was really his season. He dominated it until right to very closely to the end so i think it's only fair to start start this segment off with aiden uh to kind of honor the kind of season and to highlight this, actually the the great season he did have even though he did finish in fifth he had he'd had an amazing season he did and uh i would say so we'll look at what went right what went wrong and i would say we'd agree we'd talked in earlier podcasts about everything just fitting into place for aiden yeah. all year he's had no injuries everything yep. was going right so until mid-march that was consistent. He was winning. Everything was going right for him. He was in the low 120s. Yeah, year. like 120. He was up to, by 15 points on everyone. He's on cruise control. So like, and this had happened, and he, it had been like that since the get go. So he he really had for for all of those months uh, had been so far in the lead, pretty 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 much a, a dominant force, right? Then what happens? Then mid-March happened, and then his team just stopped being able to do anything. Yeah. He got nothing. Like, he went, uh, he dropped, I think he was number one in plus-minus at 90-something. By the end of the year, he was at 53. Like, yeah. It was just a terrible month for him. So, uh, it just happened too late for him, and he wasn't able to recover. Had it gone another two weeks, I'm sure his team would have jumped up again. Um, well, so- and then compound that with what what only could be under- understood as uh, a panic trade. I think it was a misguided trade. So, uh, he, he traded... Backstrom and Pavelski for yeah. Kyle Connor and Arvidsson. So yeah. Robka got Kyle Connor and Victor Arvidsson, both players that, in my mind, are potential keepers. So, so you're saying this is a misguided deal. So, do you have the stats then to prove that that this uh, kind of sunk him a bit? I think so. And and what we saw was just a, a progressive deterioration of uh, Aiden's lead in certain categories. Yeah. And this is a key reason why uh, he he fell down to fifth place. But Backstrom and Pavelski in the final month. So after the trade uh, combined, they got five goals and four assists. That's yeah, it. So, that's so the it. two of them got, I think Pavelski got one goal and one assist in the final so month. So between the two of them, nine points. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle Connor and Victor Arvidsson combined for 13 goals, nine assists, 22 points. That puts Aiden back in the money. Yeah. So there, if we're if we're going to zero it down to one particular thing, you know, he would have moneyed perhaps, right? Everything hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, twenty, yeah, uh, is is he would have moneyed without that deal if he'd have just been patient. And we talked about that just in the earlier segment, right? This idea of of patience versus uh, action. Yes, but if I was him, I would do. I, you know what? Why not take the chance? It's no he, fun not. You taking roll the dice, chance. right? Yeah, I, I would rather do what Aiden did and fall down to fifth than have well, a boring season. And, and he's and that type of manager, right? He is that type of manager where he's not afraid to make a deal where he feels uh, truly that it's going to benefit him in certain categories. He's that kind of methodical in that sense. It just didn't pay out, and well, we all do this, right? It just happened. It just happens to, for him. The deal was made right at the end of the season. That's right. Yep. So that was that was what went right and what went wrong for Aiden. But I would say, um, you know, of any season we've ever had for. Uh, someone we would deem as having a successful season, but not moneying. I would say that would be Aiden's season this year. Hopefully, he has a bit better luck next year and he peaks at the right time, just as we're crowning our champion. Well, the next one, next manager is Nick, Nick in a box. And I think uh, from where he, in, in, in a sense, started, okay, in, in the season uh, to where he ended, it's a huge success for him. He needs Remember to be. Remember, we tried to get him to panic right off, like within know, a week. I know. Yeah, yeah. He, he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't bite. And and I think he, uh, Nick needs to be happy with the season that he had. You know, I think w- the, one of the biggest things that went right for him was Grubauer. 
Yeah, so he picked uh, Grubauer up in the last month as a free agent pickup, and just then uh, he was declared the number one player, yeah, number one goalie, sorry, in, in Colorado. And uh, even though it didn't push him to the money, it almost did. Uh, he just acquired a really cheap goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what is he forty bucks or something? For yeah, for, for as a keeper too, and, and we'll and talk assume, about that. I assume that Varlamov is gone, and Grubauer will be the number one. So if you don't win, then you've got to get some assets to help you win in the future. And I think that's one thing that Nick did right. But keeping with that goalie theme, the keeping with that goalie Please theme is is I think that's something else office. that went wrong with him uh, in his season, and that's with Flurry. Yeah, he um, he traded I, him. I think he got Stamkos for him, right? Yeah. Now, Fleury didn't play much in the last month. He got hurt, which is the downside of having Marc-Andre Fleury. But he was a top three goalie throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and Nick didn't have goaltenders. No. His goalies were no good. No. Um, I, you know, all due respect to Robin Leonard, who had a great season. Yeah. Uh, his goalies were pretty weak. And he missed uh, finishing third by two and a half points. So I think, had he kept Fleury, would he have made up those two and a half points? I tend to think yes. And his other players would have... Uh, you know, got him some some stats elsewhere to make up any loss that Stamkos gave him, but but see, I think getting rid of Flurry was a mistake. But see, this is not the only part here. So while we focus on 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 Gibby in terms of like a deal, one kind of central trade, there are a couple other key factors to next season that kind of kind of sunk it for him. And and we could go back and looking at um, trade deadline. If and this is yeah. and this is I think this is where managers who are moneying really need to be doing some deals at the deadline. He did not have any power play goals this no. year. He needed power play goals this year, and he didn't pull the trigger. What so was he ranked? He ranked two at the yeah. end of the year. He ranked so. two, at, uh, and you're not winning if you rank two no. in power play goals because that's also goals. It's game winning goals. That's it's, right. So he did. He needed another goal score. And he should have pulled the trigger on that and a power play specialist. Had he done that, I think he would have seen more success. Yeah, absolutely. Year. And I think, I think again, looking back at his season, um, there were managers that were willing to sell. Uh, did he have the assets to give up in order to do that? I think he did. I think he could have made a deal. I think there would have been a situation where he wouldn't have been in fourth. He would have made my prediction of third if he had at least done that deal. Yeah, I I agree with you, and and the guy who did finish third, yeah, is Bowlby. He pulled off a massive deal. Well, and this is the thing with him, right? And I think this is this is this is the the, the examination of two managers at, at trade deadline: one who does deal, one who doesn't deal, and I think that's the difference. So I uh, I would have assumed that Ovechkin was the key piece of that trade, but it wasn't. It was Barkov. Interesting. Yeah. Barkov got 19 points for uh, Bowlby in the final month. That's amazing. Yeah, so 19 points. So he is the guy who vaulted uh, Bowlby to third place. So picking up Barkov uh, in that deal was key for him. But there's another one here. This is And this is probably the Cinderella story of the whole entire uh, year is, um, and it killed me because it sunk well, me because I you, had the other goaltender. You can reveal it, but yeah. it, it's my, it would be my vote for the Calder, yeah, Calder yeah. winner this year. Sorry. Binghamton, right? So it's, it's, it's St. Louis goaltender, the St. Louis goaltender who, who just emerged as uh, – He's ready. He's NHL ready. He's emerged as 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 probably the best FA pickup this year, bar none. Yeah, and he's not even uh, considered St. Louis's best prospect in net. So he kind of came out of nowhere, this yeah. Bennington guy, and uh, you know he he vaulted St. Louis into the playoffs. Could vault them into a few rounds of the playoffs. Are playing so well, but uh, what a pickup for Doug. He was giving 
uh, stats galore, shutouts, you name it. He was getting well, that just, for done. It was just unreal. It was amazing. But the, on the other side of the stats piece, and we, oh, you want to get to Dreisaitl? Well, yeah. You know what? The other thing is he didn't trade Dreisaitl. That yeah. would have been an easy trade for him. 100-point yep. guy, 50-goal scorer. Uh, he's now you know a, a must-have on a fantasy hockey team. Um, a sidebar: Do you regret not keeping Drysaddle? <laughs> Do you know that there was a there was an active campaign to convince you not to keep Drysaddle? Have I told you this? No. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh absolutely yeah. So when you were trying to think of your keepers and you were thinking about keeping uh, Kopitar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Warham and I were were uh, working kind of together. Oh surprise surprise. To text you to to try to convince you to keep. We were hoping you were going to keep Kopitar. But we wanted to make sure that you didn't have your eyes on dry saddle at twenty five bucks. Sorry, thanks, man. Back to our podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, big reveal. I'll have to oh god, it's just lovely. It's like watching a Big Brother. You know, when you watch Big Brother back, if you were in the house, and you're in the house, and you just like your 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 blood's boiling. Yeah, because yeah. that guy. I didn't know that that guy was going to backstab me. Even but though but I do knew. knew. I do know. Yeah, that was one of the. Yeah, big that's, ones well, thank we you. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, another reason why I love this pool. Uh, but on the other side, he had super performing players within Binghamton and Drysaddle, but and Barkov, but he had some that tanked it in the last stretch. Yeah, on defense, Roman Yossi only got one point in the final month. Uh, that's not good enough for no. for a player of the caliber of Roman Yossi. That was uh, that was a huge downfall for Doug. Very inconsistent. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about his right wingers? Like, well, what? if you look at Line A and Aho uh, combined for one goal and nine assists in the last weeks of the pool, that's that's not good enough out of those two players. Those are players that um, over the course of the season. Um, you know, vaulted him up, and they just didn't perform, and that's a difference maker of what went wrong for him. Yeah, incredible, eh? Up to number two. This so is you. This so is my team. This is this is. Uh, I think I think probably it's going to hurt when we talk about what went wrong. We're going to talk about what went right this year, but when we get to the what went wrong, um, it's going to hurt, and it's going to hurt bad. You know, it's going to be all... that band aid ripping off very slowly. There is no quick rip to this one. I am peeling this back real slow. I can't believe what happened, and, and we'll reveal it in a moment, but after all of that planning, the trading, the planning who plays when, well, listen, make sure you've got your games, it comes down to one move. And I want, I want if, the, if, if our listeners want to press pause right now and go back to last week's episode and uh, the, 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 the main feature, the main, the main, the main uh, part of that podcast and where you are talking about your strategy going into the, the, the final two days, the, the final 48 hours. That would be actually a good one. So go back and listen to that and then come back to this one. It's, 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 it's going to make you tear up a bit. Okay, so what went right first? Uh, a really good trade. This is one of those trades that helps both managers. I traded uh, Ben Bishop for Tyler Sagan, and that worked out really well. Yeah, that was for amazing. Because I got some points that I really needed. But getting Mitch Marner, he got me ten assists in the final months, and mm -hmm. I moved from fourth in assists up to eighth or ninth. So that was a huge jump for me. Yeah, and that was one area I really. Well, needed that's to what you needed, and that's why that was the impetus behind that that three way, right? Yeah. Is 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 you were you were. So Solely searching for an assist guy, and you got it. Yep. And then the, there's no secret. The foundation of my success is Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. Yeah. So look what they did in the final month. Yeah. It's un, like the, 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 again, is is it's not enough to get a three pack in terms in terms of uh, by the Christmas deadline, but in the final month, that line combined for 44 points. I that's unreal. And when you are, and you had all three. So that and and when you have all three, you get goals, assists, assists. points, get plus minus, you get power it all. play, and shorthanded points. You get everything from these guys and so, so fast. And like and that's where we saw that final month for you 
that you know bolting up climbing 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 all the way out of of uh, out of the money into the money because of that Boston line so your success is hinged on throughout the season is hinged on that Boston line and going to be amazing next year for you okay enough of the good stuff oh boy let's break down the reason why I this lost is the this pool. is this is amazing because like we talk about patience we talk about action and this is and i and i honestly do think you're really good at this can i set this up when yeah you're... yeah and i'm just I, yeah i'll let you walk through it but i think you're really good at this because in terms of your trades your trades are very thought out they're very methodical and calculated and purposeful it's there's no real emotional trades for you for the most part everything is is, is pretty well thought out and that's what i see from you it could be wrong but you blew it here so uh, the, you know, when I gave that last sort of update on games played, I realized that I wasn't going to hit max at center left wing and right wing. Yeah. Or that I was going to just get to 168. I really wanted to get to that one extra game. I thought maybe that could make a difference. Yeah. So Friday night, I decide I'm going to go all in on Columbus because they are one of the teams that are playing. They're playing the New York Rangers. I pick up Oliver Bjorkstrand and Josh Anderson. Yeah. And I'm just hoping that they get a goal or an assist that night. They both go 0-0. No points, no and, nothing. And this is exactly what you said in our last podcast. Yep. Word for word, this is what you were uh, shooting for. Okay, so next morning I look at the stats. Uh, it is what it is. Yep. Columbus has, has clinched, and they're playing in Ottawa. Yep. This is this is so overthinking, it's crazy. Yeah. But Boston is hosting Tampa Bay. Yeah. Would you rather have a oh, I'd player? Say I, would, I would do be, pick up all the Columbus players you can get because they're going to shell the worst this team in the sense. NHL. This makes sense because why would you pick up a guy that's playing yeah. the, the team that just set a record for NHL points or tied it or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so news uh, update. Boston posts their lineup and uh, Bergeron and Marchand are not sitting. Yeah. Which means DeBrusque has now been pushed up to the top line with Pasternak. <laughs> all right? This is no-brainer, man. No-brainer. So I start thinking yep. at around 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Jeez, this is amazing. DeBrusque De can probably get some points because yeah. he's playing with Pasternak. Why don't I pick him up? So at 12.07, the puck drops at 1 o'clock for the Boston game. At 12.07, I make a move that kills my season. I drop Oliver Bjorkstrand yeah. for, what's is it Louis DeBrusque? I, I don't so. even know who this guy is. For DeBrusque, thinking DeBrusque is going to get me some points, which will get me the win. This, ladies and gentlemen, actually just gentlemen, because there are no women that listen to this podcast. No, none. This lost me the pool. Yep. And this, and this is, this is the pain. This is the slow rip of the bandaid. We're living through this. So can I just say why? Yeah. Well, that's what we're getting into, and I want you because you're not done. Is oh. this is the this is the slow rip? So we're starting to peel this sucker off very slowly. Why did you dropping Bjorkstrom kill you? Because Heisenberg and I tied in goals. Yeah. So if I had beaten Heisenberg in goals, my gain and his loss would have won me the pool. That did that the win that that goal so category. What, so what did Bjorkstrom get that night against uh, Ottawa? Just a second. Had I <laughs> had I had I kept Bjorkstrand too, I would I tied with someone, I think Nick in a box for points. Yeah. So one more point would have vaulted me up in points as well. as well so two categories okay so let's go through debrusque yeah i'm watching the stats throughout the game yep. debrusque is brilliant scoring nothing he does yeah. absolutely nothing yeah. that game nothing no at points. all so then i know i'm screwed because this means oliver bjorkstrand is going to have some epic night and and he did so go ahead you tell me what bjorkstrand so, so, did so so looking again so because boston boston um 
But uh, uh, sorry, Boston, it was Boston Tampa, Boston Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, Boston Tampa yeah. Bay. Debrusque gets nothing. Bjorkstrand against Ottawa scored one goal to assess on the final night. So in terms of that goal category, that ever so important goal category, and that point category, you lost out on two categories, which resulted you in solidifying number two instead of number one. So in summary, season. my drop of Oliver Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's just amazing. Lost me the pool. It's just you're overthinking. You're overthinking lost you the pool and this whole theme of this whole episode has been you know patience and action patience and action and this is wonderful because again for someone who has traded so methodically all the way through the season built up their team made that climb to into the money you blew it and you did it to yourself this I, is the best part i know you um, did it to yourself i'm going to try to find oh this is the text that will haunt me forever from uh, Blair McDonald. I don't know the exact time, but he texted me, just noticed you dropped Bjorkstrand for DeBrusque today. Solid. Excellent. Yeah. So, then, so well done, Blair McDonald. So on, on, on switching gears to Blair, the great Heisenberg, he is great. He, he is, is. He is. He is. He is. He's, he's he, great again. He's great again. Make, make him great again. And so... What went right for Blair and his season? Well, he uh, he made some awesome trades that really panned out in the final weeks. So uh, he picked up Bishop from me, and that was an early trade. That was early in the new year, I think. Uh, so he traded uh, Sagan because he had so many uh, offensive stats. He didn't stats. need it, right? He could give Sagan up, and he got Bishop. And that didn't pan out right away for him. He actually tried to trade Bishop numerous times, and there were no takers. Really? Yep. And so, then, but then what does Bishop do? He gets four shutouts in March, has yeah. a nine thirty something save percentage, and a sub uh, two goals against. I think one ninety six goals against average in the final month. And this is where, and, and so adding to this sense of patience, I know he, he may have been impatient with Bishop and wanting to deal with him. There was a certain level of patience with this Bobrovsky character, because he, yeah. because this was a goalie that necessarily hadn't been consistently performing all season. Yeah. So what does Bob do in the final month? So again, in the final month. He does the same thing that Bishop does. Four shutouts. So you've got okay. eight shutouts. So you've got eight shutouts, which is unheard of. Okay, so because of patience, here he is with Bob uh, and Bishop, eight shutouts. So this is what uh, really gets him from being like in fourth place up to third, up to second. And yep. It's these consecutive shutouts, and they're happening almost on a nightly basis for him in March. Um, this is what pushes him into contention and gets him ready to, to make a move for the win. Now, a couple of heroes in his final week, so in the final seven days of the pool. And this is, this is I just want to jump in here. I want you to really put the emphasis on that second name for Warham's sake. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So the heroes for Heisenberg, you wouldn't expect. No. J Jacob Truba yeah. scores a goal on the final week. It's amazing. And so does Warham's favorite player, Justin Falk, yeah. scores a goal on the final week. Those two goals yeah. vault him into a tie with me for goals and wins him Is, the pool. Isn't that amazing? So I guess so. The pool comes down to Jacob Chuba, Justin Falk, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yeah, those who I'm, I'm going to bid about three hundred dollars on Do, Bjorkstrand next year. Yeah, you have to, right? And you know, Warm's going to, you know, spend two hundred bucks on Falk. So the great Heisenberg too. Let's so let's uh, let's wrap this up. He's so smart with trades here. He did great trades this year. Like, and I think one of the biggest ones is 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 uh, one he did with me. What? Okay, so I, I I traded McDavid for point. I was so desperately trying to pry Cruch away. It's not wasn't going to happen. Um, I remember texting back uh, and forth with you. We covered this kind of deal. And uh, for I got I get myself a sweet keeper. He gets 
easily the best player in the game. Yeah, so this is where I really uh, appreciate what Blair did this year. So uh, Braden Point was a $10 keeper. Deals him. He deals him to get McDavid because he's going for it. And then he does the same thing. Gibson was like a $60 or $50 goaltender. Yeah. He goes out and gets Bobrovsky, who's a $200 goaltender. Uh, there's no matchup. Bobrovsky kills Gibson in stats this year. So Bishop for Sagan, McDavid for Point, Bobrovsky for Gibson. These brilliant trades. And those are awesome trades, and that brings them to a win. So let's talk about what went wrong with him. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because it was called from right at the beginning of the season. I think everybody knew he had a great draft. He had amazing players on his team. He was a threat. Yeah, he wasn't panning out for him earlier on. Cooch was really slow. But... Uh, I think I think he just played it perfectly. What a perfect season. Yep. So congratulations, Blair. Well played. You deserve the win. The Absolutely. Keith Primo Cup. Uh, I'm happy we've got, for the third or fourth year in a row, we've got new winners. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So we want someone new every year. I love the fact that Blair won this. I hope it's a new winner again next year, and I hope Blair finishes last. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we well, want. We want. We want. We Blair to have the, what did we call it? The Henician, Hennessian yeah, collapse. The Hennessian collapse. Yeah. Hey, um, just just as we change gears, I didn't get the chance to ask you, what did you think of the uh, the draft, the NHL draft? Oh, the... The uh, actual real draft. It was a Not real, the real draft, sorry, the, the lottery. lottery so the lottery, sorry, yeah. I would say that this might be the turning point for the Ottawa Senators, where there's been so much negativity, and yeah. uh, the, the whole Duchesne trade... Uh, this may be, hopefully Ottawa fans can see this now. It brings closure. Yeah. There's no question that Brady Kachuk is a a player that the Senators need. He's a future captain. If they don't screw it up, they can sign him long-term and build a team around him. Yeah. And the guy that is currently ranked fourth in this year's draft uh, doesn't compare to Brady Kachuk. So hopefully this is the, the turning point now. People start going back to games. Yeah. Uh, they forget about Eugene Melnick. Who cares that he's the owner? You don't pay to watch the owner. And uh, they start enjoying what should be a pretty interesting rebuild now. So uh, it was a relief, I would say, as a Sens fan. Interesting. And what what do you think about uh, the whole uh, the whole blessing of Hall and uh, when it comes That's to awesome. acquiring uh, for uh, first overalls, right? The day he retires, uh, we are going to invite him into this pool, yep. and uh, we are going to kick out Mike Hughes. Uh, that's actually really good. Yep. Really good seniority call. based. Seniority, absolutely. All right, so that sums this that's one up, it. guys. So uh, next week uh, is episode 35. Hopefully, we are hoping that we're going to get the champ on. We have to get the champ on. We'll try. Yep. He has to gloat. Right? He, he has to gloat. And we're going to walk through uh, preliminary keepers. This is something I think of every uh, has, everybody has huge interest in because the strategy starts now. Right? Yeah, I in love terms the preliminary keepers. It's awesome. It's amazing. So, all right, folks, that's it. That's episode 34. Have a great, uh, great one.